invite God to speak to us. Lord, you have been waiting here. You have been eagerly anticipating this time to spend with us. And so, Lord, all hearts, all minds, our ears, completely, Lord, help us to attune ourselves to your spirit. We don't want to miss a single thing that you have for us. We are eager for you, just as you have been eager for us. We welcome you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So good to be with you uh, again this evening. I got to enjoy your cafeteria, which I understand moves around campus. Uh, but uh, it's good to enjoy a meal with some of you this, uh, this afternoon. As we talked about this morning, holiness is God's defining characteristic. We can only be made holy through our association with God, by being in proximity to God, to be near God, watching and listening to God, learning from God, following God, enjoying God. In other words, by being in an ongoing relationship with God through Christ. The analogy we saw about God being like the sun is very helpful. God's holiness is so intense and so powerful that the whole area around him becomes holy too. So holiness, holiness is not something that we aspire to, not something we attain. It's something that we are bathed in and transformed by when we are in God's presence. But we don't have to ascend to the mountain anymore or even go into the holy of holies in the temple in order to be with God because God has come to us through Christ. And so as we uh, talked about this morning, the phrase be holy is not a command to try harder. It is an invitation to come closer. Come closer to the one who left heaven to find you and to rescue you and to love you. Come closer and taste and see that the Lord is good. And when I first became a Christian, the thought of this idea of, of having a relationship with Christ was mind-blowing to me. I had never heard anything like that before. It's compelling. It was beautiful. Jesus didn't come to set up a new religion. He actually came to tear down religion as a way of knowing God and organizing our lives. Jesus didn't come to give us a new set of laws on a tablet or, or, or an organization. He came to give us himself. And he replaced religion with relationship. Now here's the problem. I didn't know what that meant. For years I really struggled with it. And sometimes, to be honest, I still do. I, sometimes I felt this pressure to, to fake it somehow, to fit in. Everyone was talking about this relationship with God, and I felt like I didn't really know how to, how to do that. I struggled with how to have a relationship with a God I couldn't see or hear or touch. Because that's how relationships work, right? You know, you, you talk, and, and the person you're talking to talks back to you. And, and you eat together. You, you play together, you, you do stuff together, you, you build a life together, you experience joy and sorrow together in person, in the flesh, physically inhabiting the same space. That's how relationships are supposed to work, right? 
And so I struggled with how to have an authentic relationship with Jesus because it didn't feel like that. And to be honest, like I said, sometimes I still kind of struggle, and I'm a pastor. Can any of you relate? You ever feel like you don't actually understand how this relationship with Jesus thing works? And that you're kind of making it up as you go along, hoping that one day it'll make sense to you and it'll, it'll be real and satisfying. God is holy and he desires that we share in his holiness. And to do that, we need to be in close, ongoing relationship with him. So how do we do that? Well, let's start with a little bit of what we know about relationships. Relationships involve at least two people, each of whom have individual personalities and thoughts and desires. They have full lives. Now, this is really, really important. To develop a, re a relationship, you need to understand that the other person is not you. And you are not them, and you are different, and you have to get to know this person who is not you, who doesn't necessarily think like you. My wife and I have gotten into so much trouble over the years because we did not understand that she is not me and I am not her, and she doesn't necessarily think the way that I do, and when I make that assumption, we get in trouble. Relationships involve real, separate, individual persons. We can have good relationships and we can have bad relationships. Uh, we can have healthy ones, we can have unhealthy ones. Relationships are complex. You know, on social media you can indicate whether you're in a relationship and sometimes people just put, it's complicated. Right? It's complicated. In a relationship, two people's lives need to intersect. Not just in a fleeting way, but in a substantial way. In other words, meaningful relationships require that you spend time together, both in terms of quality and quantity. A relationship has a beginning, and relationships can go through many seasons, but they all started somewhere. And some relationships also have an ending. I say many because not all relationships end. Some endure even into eternity, and that's one of the things that we know about the kingdom of God. Every relationship has its own character, its own rhythms, its own terms, its own expectations, and it has to be appreciated for what it is. That doesn't mean a relationship can't change or evolve, but it can't be something that it is not. My relationship with my wife is very different from my relationship with my son, which is different from my relationship with my best friend or with my boss or with my coworker or this guy in the front row. I mean, I don't even know your name, right? It's different. They're all different. So here's what I want us to understand. Our relationship with God is meant to be a real relationship. Every bit as real as our relationship with the people around us, rich and complex and meaningful, but it is unique. It is unique. It's not like other relationships. And my relationship with God is going to look different than your relationship with God. But we can know God. And we can be close to God. We can share in God's life. We can share in God's character, in God's work. We can share in God's holiness. And so in Exodus uh, 33 
which we'll read one more time, we, we read about this very special and unique friendship that Moses had with God. And even though our relationship with God, God is going to look a little bit different, we learn some important things about what a real, authentic relationship with God looks like. And we read that Moses used to take a tent and he used to pitch it outside of the camp some distance away and he would call it the tent of meeting. And, and anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp and whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people arose and stood at the entrances of their tents watching Moses until he entered. And as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. And whenever the people saw this pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their own tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks with a friend. Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So what do we learn here about what an authentic relationship with God looks like? First, real relationships are a two-way street. Some uh, intentionality and effort is involved from both parties, and we need both quality time and quantity time. My family goes on a, on a vacation every year. We try to do that together. I talked about that last night. This is kind of like that, this, this kind of focused, intense time when you're together as a family. But we also need, if that was the only time that we spent together all year, then we wouldn't have very much of a relationship. We need the quantity as well. All the normal stuff, the daily and weekly rhythm of eating together and watching our favorite TV shows together and playing together and doing laundry together and washing dishes together. We need all of that. We take time and intentionality in order to develop these relationships. And the same thing is true with God. Moses would take a tent, he'd haul it away some distance from the camp, and he'd set it up to meet with God regularly. And he didn't do this to establish a relationship with God, because God had already done that. He did it to deepen the relationship, to cultivate the relationship. God had already made the first move, speaking to Moses from a burning bush in the desert. And in the same way, if we want to know God more deeply... Some effort will be required on our part. But I take so much comfort in knowing that God, God is so much more invested in this relationship than I am. Right? God is the one sustaining this relationship. He's faithful, even when I'm not. Second, there's also a private and a public nature to our most important relationships. My marriage to Christine is both private and public. There's a private side. There's things that we share. Nobody else really knows about. But there's also a public side. Everybody knows that we're married. We don't hide it. We are one flesh. We love each other. We serve with each other. And there's a public side to our relationship. If there wasn't, if we tried to keep our relationship secret and I hid my wedding ring all the time or took it off, something would be off, right? Something would be wrong. And so the same thing is true with God. We have a private side and we have a public side. And there was a very public side to Moses' relationship with God. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, uh, uh, people would, would watch him go in and they would worship at the, uh, at, at the entrances to their own tents. 
And so the same is true for us. We don't hide our relationship, our friendship with God. If it's a meaningful, real relationship, there's, it's very public as well as being private and intimate. And just like I love to share with people about my life, with Christine and my kids, uh, we should be happy to share about our relationship with God. It's part of who we are. Third, real relationships have an impact on other people. The way that Christine and I relate to each other impacts our children. And the way that we relate as a family actually impacts other people. In our church, there were many young families that would watch the way that our family operates. And we weren't perfect, but there were certain things that looked like Jesus that they took and they applied to their own families. There's, we begin to influence the people around us. Moses' relationship with God was, was forming God's relationships with the Israelites. We also know that Joshua, his assistant, would accompany him and he'd, he'd stick around in the tent after uh, Moses had left. And so you learn to follow God at some point, on some level, by watching somebody else and imitating somebody else. And you only probably imitated the people that had a substantial relationship with Jesus. And other people will follow your example as well. Lastly, real relationships are not superficial. They are deep. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Now, not literally face to face. At that time, nobody could see God's face and, and live. We, we read that a little bit later. It was, this is a, like a figure of speech, right? Face to face as in heart to heart. Heart to heart kind of conversation you have with your closest friend when you talk to God what do you talk about do you talk to God heart to heart as you would with a friend that kind of relationship isn't just for Moses it's for all of us and a few verses later we see one of these heart to heart conversations and I want you to pay attention to how vulnerable and transparent and even bold Moses is with God he is clearly anxious and he lets God know it Moses says to the Lord, you've been telling me to lead these people, but you haven't let me know who you're going to send with me. You said, I, I, I know you by name, and you found favor with me. Well, if you're pleased with me, then teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. And then he says, remember, this nation is your people. You see the kind of boldness in there, right? He's raw. He's being so honest. And the Lord replies, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. And Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, then do not send us from here. And this next verse is, is one that's very close to my heart. He says, how will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people? On the face of the earth. What makes the people of God stand out? What makes us unique? It's only the presence of God. That is the only thing that distinguishes us from all the other religions, all the other people on earth. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you. And I know you. I know you, Moses, by name. And Moses said, show me your glory. Show me your glory. 
So Moses' relationship was not just a friendship with God. You can see in this interaction, he also is God's servant. He's God's servant. He knows that he's been called to lead God's people, and he wants to know God's ways so he can know God and continue to find favor with him, and he's pushy about it. Right? He's respectful, but he's pushy. And he's honest. He speaks to God from the heart, speaking as God's friend, but also God's servant. And so in the, we relate to God in multiple ways. It is a very rich and complex and multidimensional relationship. God is our creator. He is our provider, our deliverer. God is our healer. God is our king. God is our shepherd. God is our father. Christ is our brother. Jesus is our friend. So rich, so complex. How will anyone know, Lord, that you are pleased with us unless you go with us? What is going to distinguish us from all the other people on the face of the earth? More than anything, Moses wants to know that God is with him, not just for his own sake, but for the sake of everyone who's watching. It is the presence of God that makes us credible witnesses in the world. And Moses was very concerned about that, and we should be too. So a few things about our relationship with God that we learned from Moses. It requires intentional time and effort on our part. It's public, and it's also private. It will have an impact on others, and it is honest and authentic. But here's what so many of us struggle with, myself included. We, we don't meet in a tent with God like Moses. We don't have Jesus here in the flesh with us. How can I know a God that I cannot see or hear or touch? As some people have put it, sometimes we need Jesus with skin on. We need Jesus with skin on because we're physical, physical beings. We don't just live in our heads or on a screen. That's why COVID was so hard, right? We're just looking at these Face is on a screen, or sometimes people would turn it off. We experience the world through our, our senses, all five of them. Sights and sounds and smell and taste and touch. Can I relate to God in this, in this way? Yes. Yes. If we accept that our relationship with God is unique. And we meet God on God's own terms. And we appreciate our friendship with God as something holy, not like anything else. It is holy. And receive what God offers us as a means of grace. Different ways of knowing him. Different ways of experiencing God. Then a whole world of possibilities begins to open up. And first and foremost, we have the church, the body of Christ, Jesus with skin on. A community of people who are not perfect, but are in the process of being perfected by the holiness of God. A global family 
of spiritual mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and daughters and sons. So when I need to experience God's comfort in a time of sorrow, the church is there to hold my hand and to cry with me, even be angry with me in my pain. When my wife Christine went through breast cancer three years ago, the body of Christ brought us meals, took care of our children, went with Christine to her chemotherapy appointments, made little hats for her because her head was cold after losing all of her hair. I needed Jesus with skin on. And Jesus was there. I get to play with God when I lead a kid's summer camp. I get to eat with God when I sit down to a church potluck. I experience friendship with God physically through the church. When I worship with the body of Christ, I can hear God. When I take communion with the body of Christ, I can taste God. When I kneel at the altar to, to pray and I feel the wood underneath my arms, or when I turn the pages of scripture in my hands, I can touch God. When I serve those in need with the body of Christ, I can see God. This old lady at our church, Mrs. Fong, so sweet, she would bring fresh-cut flowers to church on Sundays and put them on the platform at the church, and I could smell God. But when I open up an old hymnal that hadn't been opened in a long time and all the dust flies up in my face, I can smell God, you know? There's something about the smell of a church. So we experience God through the body of Christ Jesus with skin on. But Jesus also promised that he would give us a counselor, the Holy Spirit, to be with us and in us. So even when I am far from the body of Christ, I can still experience God because God is with me all the time. We can still talk and enjoy each other, but it looks different for all of us. And here's the thing I want you to understand. The key to cultivating a friendship with God on your own is to remember that there are two parties in this relationship, God and you. And you have a unique personality and experiences and interests, and God wants to know you as you, the real you. It's not just about you knowing God. It's about God knowing you. And so in the ordinary moments of my day, God is with me. When I drink coffee in the morning, when I'm looking out the window daydreaming, when I'm driving, even when I'm taking a shower, actually I often hear from God very clearly in the shower. It's very inconvenient. You know, so I, I, I used to keep a notebook outside the shower to write down whatever God was saying to me. I'm like, can you hold on? You know, my hair's all wet. Now, now this, this book of prayer that I, I want to share with you has become one of my favorites. It's called Every Moment Holy. 
What a great title for this whole week, right? Every Moment Holy. And it is a collection of liturgical prayers for all kinds of everyday situations. There's a, a liturgy for doing laundry. There is a liturgy for first responders. There's a liturgy for when you leave on holiday. There's one for the first snow of the season. Uh, for when you move into a new home. A liturgy for when you go shopping. Some of them are more serious in nature. There's a liturgy for those who feel awkward in social gatherings. One of the first ones I read. <laughs> that's, that's me. I'm an introvert. right? You wouldn't know it because I, I speak in front of people all the time. But I get really awkward in social situations. There's a, a liturgy for when you are battling a destructive desire. Powerful. There's a liturgy for those who weep without knowing why. It's an amazing resource. And it's helped me appreciate the presence of God in so many ordinary experiences and what a real relationship with God actually looks like. God is not just like some kindly grandpa that we visit on Sundays for an hour. God wants to be part of every moment of our lives. And so I just want to give you three very, they're very, very short. Some of these are quite long, several pages, but I just wanted to give you a bite-sized uh, taste of, of what these liturgies of the ordinary look like. A liturgy upon feeling the pleasance of a warm shower. Thank you, O Lord, for gifts of water and warmth and for the cleansing and comfort you offer both body and soul. A liturgy upon hearing a bird song. You draw praise from the frailest of things. So also draw praise from me. A liturgy upon tasting a pleasurable food. Which I'm going to read before I get some Nashville hot chicken. I haven't had it yet, but I'm going to get something before I leave. For the infinite variety of your creative expression, I praise you, O oh God. You have made even the necessary act of eating a nurturing comfort and perpetual delight. You're getting a sense of what I'm talking about. Perpetual awareness of, encounter with, Friendship with God. It's different. It's holy. It's not like other relationships. Now, every one of us is going to have a relationship with God that is unique and beautiful and holy. And we're all going to meet with God in different ways based on our different personalities. I want to share with you one of mine. One of the most life-giving things that I do is go so on solo camping trips with God on my motorcycle. Now, there was a period where I was really struggling, really struggling with finding joy in my life, and I was feeling very far from God, and I was working with my spiritual director. He kind of pastors me, and he asked, you know, Albert, what is something that you love, but you don't do? And I said, I love riding motorcycles. I don't own one right now. I haven't owned one for years because it seemed like a luxury that we couldn't afford. And he said, do you think that Jesus would like to go on a ride with you? What if, what if Jesus and you bought a motorcycle? 
So I went home and I, I told my wife, my spiritual director says Jesus wants me to buy a motorcycle. <laughs> but I, then I did. Because I realized that God loves me not just as a king and not just as a father, but as a friend. And friends play together. Jesus cares about what gives me joy. And so Jesus and I, we went and bought a motorcycle. And it is one of the most spiritually rich things that I do. We go on rides together for hours. And we talk. And what do we talk about? That's between me and Jesus. So that's my tent of meeting, right? You find your tent of meeting. You find your tent of meeting. Whatever that looks like for you, pitch your own tent. Where is your meeting place with God? We can experience God with all of our senses if we are aware of God's presence in all these things. In the, in the sanctuary, in our homes, in our jobs, in the everyday, mundane, ordinary things of life. In fact, our relationship with God can be so much richer than anything we ever imagined if we are open to all the ways in which God wants to meet with us. Every moment can be a holy moment. Every moment can be an opportunity to respond to God's invitation to come closer. God values proximity. He draws close to us and he wants us to draw close to him. And one of the ways that we draw close to God is to draw close to one another. This is what God's holiness looks like. A beautiful, holy bias toward proximity. We are not made for distance. We are made for intimacy. And so as God makes space for us, we need to make space for each other. You know, the greatest gift that we can give to anyone is time. You can always get more money. I've learned that. You can't get more time. We all have 24 hours a day. Nobody gets more, nobody gets less. Now some of us may live longer than others, but there is a natural limit to our lifespan on this side of heaven. Time is not a renewable resource. When it's gone, it's gone. Now, Jesus came so that might no longer apply to us in eternity. He promises us eternal life. But on this side of heaven, time is the greatest gift we can give to someone. And holy people understand that. Holy people value proximity. It's one of the things that ought to set Christians apart that makes us unique because it reflects the heart and the character and the actions of God. Holy people are not obsessed with accomplishment, but with love. Bigger is not always better. Faster is not always better. God says, would you linger with me? Would you waste time with me? Rest. Be with me. Holy people value proximity. 
every moment can not only be holy for me and God, not just for me and God, but it can be holy for us and God. As we close tonight, I would like to invite you to linger with God. The worship team's going to come back up. They're going to be playing some music. And if you need to go, I understand. But if you would like to waste some time with God, there's going to be some people at the front. There's some altars here. Uh, and we're going to have some anointing oil. It's, it's frankincense-scented. And we would love to anoint your foreheads with oil as a sign of God's presence and favor, blessing with you. We're just going to place a, a small amount of oil on your forehead, and we're going to pray over you. And as you engage with God in this very special way, as you experience the sound, the sound of, of prayer and, and music and, and the touch of a hand on your forehead as you, as you smell the, the fragrance of the oil that's going to linger with you as you leave this place and as you feel the, the ground underneath your feet while you walk up to the altar, I want you to understand that this moment, this ground is holy. Because God is holy and God is here. And it is God's presence that makes all things holy. May every moment be holy for you all the days of your life. And so if you are in a place where you, where you feel like, God, I feel like my relationship with you has grown a little cold. Or maybe I feel like I've been struggling. I never really understood it in the first place. But there's a longing in you. There's a yearning. Like, God, I, I want to experience that relationship with you in a way that I can grasp that fits who I am. Because I'm part of this relationship too. Lord, meet me here. Then come forward and experience touch and smell and sound and sight. All of these things come forward, we would love to be a Jesus with skin on for you today. So as you feel led, you can come and be anointed with us. I know some of you may need to go in a minute but uh, I, I will stay here until there's no one left until there's no one left who wants to come and, and pray with us here pray briefly because I know some people are exiting we do want to bless you as you go Lord for those who are are going on their way Lord would your presence go with them Lord we're grateful for the time that we got to spend together as a family Lord bless our friends as they go may your presence go with them in Jesus name
you need to go, it's okay. If you'd like to stay and linger with us, we'll be here to pray with you. Thanks for joining us for chapel today. Be sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for our next gathering.